thanks for being here. Um, today, I'd like to talk on the subject of faithfulness in uncertain times. It's no surprise, it's no... <laughs> it's, it's, it's really hard to explain. Over the last 18 months, where we, the road we've traveled, we are in December 2021, and we're looking within four weeks going to a new year, 2022. It's just hard to believe the road we've traveled. If you look back 18 months, absolute chaos uh, that, that was thrown into the mix of COVID, the pandemic, unexpected, unprecedented challenges throughout the whole country and then globally. Strange times, very uncertain times. You may have experienced sickness. You have known others who have been sick. Some individuals uh, have passed on. Financially, going through hardships, loss of a job, loss of finances during that time. And it kept going month to month into this year. We had highs, shortages. They're talking about other shortages coming up for the next year. But yet, here we are. Here we are. We have faced the challenges, the uncertainty, but here we are. God's faithfulness has sustained us during that time period, and he has brought us to this point. Look back. Think about it. Look back. 18 months. The road we've traveled, here we are. Another couple of weeks, four weeks, we are into the new year. What is going to sustain us? God's faithfulness is real. It's sustained, it's constant. It's always on time. To be faithful is to be reliable, steadfast, unwavering. And that's how scripture speaks of God's faithfulness. God is eternally reliable. That's one of his characteristics. The book of Lamentations, uh, chapter 3, verse 22 to 23 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Another uh, scripture, Psalms 91 and 4 says, He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and your protection. That's his word to us. His faithful promises is his armor and his protection. So we know he is faithful to us. But where are we today? Do we have that imitation of him? Can we imitate Christ within his faithfulness? I'd like to talk on a few things regarding our faithfulness. Well, first of all, are we faithful to the Heavenly Father? Are we faithful to the family, our personal family, our intimate family that we live with? Are we faithful to the fellowship? That's the church. Are we faithful to the faith? Can we defend the faith in what's going on today 
Can we defend it? Are we faithful to the finish? And when we are faithful to the finish, God responds with his ultimate faithfulness. So I want to discuss that today. In, uh, bear with me, I'll be reading notes. I'm not very um, organized today, but uh, God is in this. How can we be faithful to the Heavenly Father? It's something he requires. He gave us his all on the cross. He bled and died. That's no other religion in the world has ever sent their leader to die on the cross for us and say, I have paid the price for you. He did it for us. That's how faithful he is. Corinthians 4.2 says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. The word stewards, it's, it's everything you have, the talents, your material possessions, your wealth, your service to God. It's a role of function that we have, being a steward. You're a steward of your finances. You're, you're a steward of your family, protection for your family. Faithfulness is a quality of a true believer. The Bible speaks of faithful believers in Christ in the book of Psalms and James, and I want to go over that with you. In Psalms 37, 28, and 29, for the Lord loves the just and will not forsake his faithful ones. Wrongdoers will be completely destroyed. The offspring of the wicked will perish. The righteous will inherit the land and dwell in it forever. James 1 and 12 says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, the person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Now, being faithful to the Father is also having a holy fear of him. And sometimes when we think of a holy fear, um, being... Being in church, we come to church every, every Sunday, but maybe others who are listening and may not be really church members, when they hear of a holy fear, they may think of, you know, the big bad God striking them with his wrath. He's a God of wrath. He hates injustice. He hates evil. He hates sin. But boy, is he a loving God. Is he, he is faithful to his creation. He is faithful to you. So never think of God being the big bad God. He's not. But we need to look at him with a holy fear. What does that look like? In Deuteronomy 6.13 it says, Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him. Ecclesiastes 12.13 says, Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. So being aligned with God, the things of God, Fearing him and giving honor to him is one of the highest attributes that we could give him and give back to him. The fear of God means the, the profound reverence and respect for him. Obey his biblical commands. The holy fear of God does not strike terror in the hearts, but it deepens the love and the relationship between us and him. Matthew 10, 28 says, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. When someone fears God, 
They have no reason to fear a man. And man has risen up tremendously against what we believe, what was established from the forefathers. It, over the last 18 months, we have seen the fear of man thrown and thrusted into our lives. How do we respond? How do we react? Luke 21 and 26 says, Jesus said, one of the signs of the end time will be men's hearts failing them for the fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. Church, we don't need to fear. We have a God who is faithful. There's been a lot of things thrown at us. I face it every day. My job is threatened because of a mandate. I don't think I need a shot, but I'm threatened. I get this little email every week. You are one of the few that have not taken COVID-19, and it goes on and gone. In December, they threw $1,000 at us to take it. I'm like, I, I don't need it, you know. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. God is with me. But it, it's a fear. And, and I've seen my colleagues go through that. They, they were hit with a fear. And uh, some of them are terribly not doing well because they, they weren't accustomed to getting something like that. And some of them have just fallen deathly ill. And I, I pray for them every day. But are the threats going to move us in such a way where we forget what faithfulness really means to God? Do we want at the end of our lives to hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant, as Matthew 25, 21 says, after all our faithfulness to him, even through trials, tribulations, do we want to hear that commendation from him? Well done, good and faithful servant. I want to. Desire to be faithful to the Father in all circumstances. Whatever is thrown at us, 18 months we've seen it. What could go even worse? Even if it's worse, depend on him. He is faithful. He's brought us through the last 18 months. And, I, and I'm striking it on 18 months because it's really, I put in a little capsule, but it's, it's really been bad. It, it really has. News don't have to tell you. You can see it, go to Walmart, try to get a few grocery items, just out of the, just crazy. But desire to be faithful in all circumstances to the Father. Let your constant goal be faithful to Him in whatever. And that whatever, big question mark. It's happened in the past. If something is thrown at me next year, 2022, I'm going to depend on Him, trust in Him. He is faithful. The second point I want to bring home is to the, the family. We have an awesome group of families in here that, that are regular attendees. Um, you love the Lord. You serve the Lord. But don't think for one minute we have not been threatened. The family core value has been threatened a lot. No home family can be the, at best unless there is faithfulness unto God. The home and family is built upon faithfulness to God to Christ and the church. And we cannot fail on that because family, in, in God's creation, Genesis first chapter, 
after everything he created, when man and woman was created, that was like his crowning moment because he recognized he created us in his image and his likeness. How could he turn his face and back from us when we are in his image and likeness? He'll never leave us, never forsake us. The attack on the family has been so great that uh, when you think about organizations, and I'm not going to get into their names and so forth, you might know them, uh, they, have, they have struck just violently their thoughts into society of what the family and nucleus look like. And being faithful as a family to God is one of something that he admires. This Christian home should be a little heaven on earth. A Christian home is where Christ dwells as a guest. It isn't just on Sunday. And it's hard during the week. I know that. I'm a, you know, I'm a parent. In such a home, the virtues of love, peace, and joy prevail. A biblical, biblical foundation is set. Godly, Christ-like values are thought. Bible stories are read. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs are thought. As a, as a parent, as a family, as a nucleus of, of the remnant of Christianity, we, we are to do that. Now, I watch these little kids as soon as it's time to go to the kids' zone. They know him and haw. Man, they, they're ready to go. They're having fun. And that's, that's a testament to your parental values and, and the godly signature of Christ in their lives. I mean, they, they want to get the kids' zone right away. Man, beeline through the doors. They are going. They want to hear the word. They, they, they are looking for it every Sunday. Don't give up on that at home. 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16 says, But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy, for I am holy. You are instilling in your kids holiness. They may not recognize it at the age they are, but you're instilling that in their lives. The family nucleus, very important to God. In Hebrew, the words translated holy and holiness have to do with being set apart. I think today we've we, we got to look at how we can separate ourselves from media, social media, movies. Being set apart is separate, different, dedicated. It doesn't have the word hatred behind it. It's just being set apart for God and the things of God. The absolute moral purity of God's character sets him apart, making him different from every other living creature. So he wants us to be separated. Imitate Christ. Holy and godly behavior should be modeled at home. Family time, dinner time, movie night, game night, Bible reading, prayer, speaking of godly things, 
Again, singing praises, having a reverence for God. These are the, these are the actions and behaviors that we are need, need to be instilling in the lives of our kids. God's master plan is unfolded. And here's what it looks like in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 to 25. It's going to be a few verses. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. And that word debauchery, like excessive indulgence, uh, sensual pleasures, corruption, vices. If kids see that, it, it's, it's a mold that you're creating, an extension. And God's master plan has no room for that. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Verse 19, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then verse, verses 21 to 25 are like instructions to the household. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, the body of which he is the Savior. Now as a church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So parents, men, women, be faithful first of all to your companion. Parents, men, women, be faithful to your children. There's no walking away when you're in covenant. The union of your marriage was a covenant before God and witnesses. Keep it. The God-fearing home will be a faithful uh, family home no matter what life throws at you. So have a God-fearing home. I think you guys know Focus on the Family, um, James Dobson. So there was a report in 2011. It's an older report, but it kind of gives you, you know, perspective. And, and the article was Helping Families Thrive. And there was a survey, and there were contributors for the survey, uh, a couple sociologists from the, de uh, the departments of uh, Connecticut, University of Connecticut, and University of Virginia. And... The research dealt with marriage and divorce. So, a couple things to note. Of those individuals that were surveyed that identified themselves as Christians, now Christian is a broad category. Some people, when they're, let's say, they use the word christened or baptized, um, that's a broad, Christian today is a broad perspective. It's not like a spirit-filled Christian. Christian is like broad, Catholics. Anglicans, everybody. So this is a broad, very broad perspective on the word Christianity. So of those that identify themselves as Christians, but rarely attended church, the divorce rate was 60%. Of those that 
of those that attend church on a regular basis, again, Christian broad base, was 38% likely to be divorced. It's lower. After reading a little bit, I found a takeaway from all of that. It said, couples who regularly practice any combination of serious religious behaviors. And I think they were, they, they didn't want to get too religious, but they use the word religious. But it's really modeling behaviors, attitudes, attitudes of attending church, reading Bibles, uh, reading devotions, prayer, whether it's privately or together with the family, generally taking your faith seriously, getting involved with community activities, praying for others, coming to a Bible study, being discipled. Those individuals enjoyed significant, significantly lower divorce rates than mere church members or the general public or unbelievers. That was a really good takeaway because it sums up the family nucleus, what God's expecting of us and him being faithful and how we can be faithful. Deuteronomy 7.9 says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God keeping his covenant. So he keeps a covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. So are we keeping the faithfulness that God gave us in our lives? In our home? Are we extending that to the family, the kids? So faithfulness, it begins at home. You know, if a man or a woman is not faithful at home, they're not going to be faithful anywhere, whether it's on the job, to the marriage, to extended family, to the kids. But make sure that your family is walking with God and giving full service unto him. God wants the family nucleus to be part of this expansive move of the gospel in, in taking Christ-like you being the imitators of Christ, taking it out outside these walls. And you have to keep that in mind. He is faithful. We need to be faithful with, with our families as well. The third point, being faithful to the fellowship, which is the church, and then faithful to the faith. According to the Barna Group research, and that's a group out of Arizona at Arizona Christian University, they said weekly church attendance has declined from 45% in 1993. It's old data, but it gives you a perspective of, of the de decline. 45% in 1993 to 29% in 2020, a 16% decrease. Why is that? We want God's faithfulness. We want his promises. But we can't reason together and come to worship corporately as a body of believers. That's a, that's a big delta of 16% from 1993 to 2020, 16% decrease in church attendance. You see, faithful church attendance matters to God. If we know Jesus, we should desire to be with his bride. That's all of us. He's the groom. We are the bride. 
And the bride talks. And the bride hears. And the bride feels. The bride suffers. The bride rejoices. Regular church attendance is good for the soul and for the mind. Proverbs 27, 17 proclaims, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So when we are together, we are sharpening each other. From the worship team, they're sharpening us to praise, to worship. From the pulpit, when our pastor preaches, he's sharpening us. He's given us tools to equip us. Biblically, this is a church from cover to cover, Genesis to Revelation, the Bible is taught. There's nothing pulled here, tucked here to fit who we are. We are the body of Christ, and we need to be faithful to the church in attendance. Faithful attendees prioritize God and his word first in their lives. Exodus 20 and 3 says, you shall have no other gods before me. And I think, I think today, when, when you look at all, this, all the data, all the statistics that are thrown out as to why church attendance is low, um, we've got to look in the mirror. We've got to take a deep look in the mirror, one for ourselves. Where, where do we want to be? Do we want to be part of that statistics? Do we want to help that statistic to get out of where they are? Um, a lot of folks during COVID, when it started in 2020, left. Some are fearful. We know that. We pray for them every day. Some have lost their first love, to be honest. Because it, it got... <laughs> I mean, it was hard not to come to church. I think we were, we were down, let's say, March, Megan, maybe March to May. Something like that. And... Um, you know, it was hard on a Sunday. Um, it took some time for us to get online, um, for, for pastor to get the word out. But it, it was kind of easy to sit in pajamas, right? And, uh, and kind of tone down, be low-key, right? It, it, it was very simple. It was easy. But that easiness can chip away. at our equipping that, that was given to us previously. We were equipped before COVID, COVID hit, no church, lockdowns, mandates, and then you saw the decline. And the decline has, is kept, not here only, other churches as well. Some have shut their doors, period. And, and that's sad, it is. How we spend our time in the truest measure of God's presence, it, it, should, be in, you know, it should be given deep thought. We, we should be wanting to be in the presence of God. And as a church, we are making strides to get things back, um, whether it's through small groups, whether it's through different ministries, but we, we are looking to do that. Because 
2022 could come hit us hard again. Omicron, they're talking about that. It's a big year next year politically. Midterm elections. It's, uh, it could come at us at varying points of view, politically, financially, socially. Um, it, it, it could happen again. But how, how are we going to face that? And what are we going to do? You see, in, when we come to church, as I said, iron sharpens iron. We need to be sharpened, no matter what. We're, we're not mini-gods unto ourselves because we have, you know, maybe um, five years as a Christian, was baptized ten years ago. I'm equipped. No, we're, we're needing to be equipped every time we could be equipped. And... 2 Timothy chapter 3.16 says it best. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So sometimes when you hear something at the pulpit, it may not resonate with you right away. And you heard something elsewhere, and it totally confuses what God is really trying to equip you with. Because sometimes people take things differently. They take things too personal. But this scripture says it best. We have to open up ourselves to be equipped. All scripture is God-breathed. When the pastor speaks a word, uh, we shouldn't be judgmental. We should not be, well, that ain't for me. Um, why did he ever say that? It's from God. All scripture is from God. It does not return void. It does not. So it's equipping you. It's to get you on the straight and narrow, so to speak. Equip you for good work. So don't ever think that what's being said isn't challenging enough. Pray about it. Let, let God's Words saturate your lives. Go back home, do some homework on it. Biblically, everything that we go through, it's in the Bible. We could find answers to it. It's inspired by God. It's inspired for us. We need to be faithful to the faith. Fight for the faith. You know, speak those things at your home verbally about the inspiration of scriptures. There's nothing better. Um, you know, at Sunday school, I'm sure they, they go through Bible stories with the kids. But if scripture is God-breathed, we need to be breathing scripture on ourselves, our families, our kids. Um, it starts with us. Talk about the virgin birth of our Savior. This is a great time. We're in you know, the season of, of the nativity, the birth of Christ. Talk to them about that, how that came about. Talk about the virtuous life of the Son of Man. He has characteristics for everyone. Love, joy, peace. He gave it all. The vicarious sufferings of Christ. Speak to your kids about that. The suffering and death on the cross. Why he died. 
He has redeemed us. Talk about the victorious resurrection of the Son of God. Talk about his visible return. One day he's coming back for us. Are we going to be a prepared and ready people? Also talk about the violent punishment for sinners. Hell is not a place for any one of us. Neither the little kids. If we're going to fight for the faith, beware of cancel culture. They're among us. Organizations that attack Christianity, God's creative work, the races. He created the races. He just didn't create one race. He created the races, all the races for his beauty, his glory. We all are going to be together in heaven, every nation, tribe, and tongue. So biblically, I believe cancer culture has missed the boat in understanding creation and the races. They need to go back to the biblical perspective of it. Cancer culture aims to cancel uh, the Christian voices. They're utilizing uh, a lot of the media. Uh, Facebook is being... um, really looked at carefully by, uh, from a political point of view. Uh, everything is going through a process, and, and we're being targeted. But that voice can never be silenced. Take a biblical and moral godly stance against abortion, the LGBTQ agenda. Stand up. For the sanctity, covenant, and holy union of marriage. That's a man and a woman. That's a holy union. It was designed by him. God the Father. Protect the family nucleus. Dad, mom, kids, extended family, grandparents. That nucleus by one of uh, one of the Organizations today, if you go to their website, they have given you who has the right to raise the kids. Uh, a man and man could raise children. A woman and woman could raise children. The father figure of the home is pushed aside. That's not God. That, that's not his word. That's not his biblical view. And we have to take the fight to or cancel culture today. So why do we do that? It's biblical. It's God's holy and divine ordained word for mankind and creative work. And we need to align with him and never pivot. Cannot move off. 2 Timothy 6 and 12 says, Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. John 15, 18 and 19, Jesus said it very blunt. If the world hates you, know that it hated me 
before it hated you. If you, were the, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of this world, I chose you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. A leading Christian author by the name of Francis Chan, he's a younger guy. Um, I found it really interesting what he said. He said, something is wrong when our lives make sense to unbelievers. He said, as my youth minister used to say, if you and the devil aren't opposing each other, you're probably going in the same direction. That was pretty, pretty profound by uh, young Francis Chan. I like that. We have to live a, a separate life, a God-fearing life, and we have to not only separate ourselves, we could get involved. We have to, we have to do it peacefully. We have to do it in love, because love was always God's first, his first to us. We are his first love. I have set always before me, because he's at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. David said that in Psalm 16. I set the Lord always before me. He's at my right hand, I shall never be shaken. We don't have to be shaken by words that come at, at us and organizations that come at us. I marvel at the backing that they have. Big corporations back them. Media backs them. But you know what? We have God and his faithfulness. That's the ultimate. When I think of it, it's like, wow. I'll just, you know, you're, it's just foolishness to me. But God is faithful. We ought to be in the house of God together on a regular basis, bringing our Bibles, bringing our prayers, our petitions, our concerns, utilizing the altar. We meet God here. Sometimes it's so busy during the week, it, you're trying to do things and your prayer, your prayer is like, God, give me a good day today. Man, it's going to be hard today. You get to work and it's your slam. Problem after problem. And you, you know, but let me tell you, he's there with you. He's there with you. Because you call on his name. So we ought to be in the house of God on a regular basis. Hebrews 10.25, I, I always like this one. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some would do, but exhorting one another, and so much more as we see the day approaching. With everything that goes on over the last 18 months and what, what could possibly happen in 2022, if we are living in the last days, I think it's the last of the last days. I don't know. God never sent in his word. He never inspired me when he's coming back. But if you look at what's happening, there are pieces falling in place. We have to be ready. We still have to be faithful through it all. And my last point would be, why should we be faithful? And why, we, why should we continue to be faithful? And how God responds to our faithfulness. Again, faithfulness, it's an attribute of God. It's, it's who he is. It's part of his DNA. 
he, he's, he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will be with you until the end of the age. Why would he leave us? Why would he forsake his own? We are to imitate him, just like the word said. In 1 John 2 and 6, whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Be imitators of Christ. He never fails in his faithfulness to us. He keeps his promises, guys. He's faithful to forgive our sins. We mess up big time. We'll never be perfected until we get to heaven. But he is faithful to keep those if we are committed to him. He is faithful in life. He is faithful in death. His faithfulness is always constant. I don't know what faithfulness looks like for, for you guys. You know, I mess up a lot. I'm a guy, <laughs> so I mess up. But, um, but he has so much faithfulness in, in family, in friends, that he's always wooing us to him with his faithfulness. He wants us to be salt and light. Matthew 5.16 says, Let your light shine before men, that they may see the good works and glorify the Father in heaven. So are we being faithful to him? Are we committed to faithfulness? Faithfulness to the Heavenly Father. Faithfulness to our family. Faithfulness to our church. Faith, faithful to the faith. Fight for the faith. I want to leave you today with, um, as, as the worship leaders come, you know, um, I know we like going out with a, a hearty song, but Hunter, the faithfulness of God has always been great to us, and uh, I don't know if you know the song, Great Is Thy Faithfulness, that we could sing that going out, because I think this entire month is just going to whiz by. And, and we, we need to go into next year with the assurance that we serve a faithful God. We want to be faithful to him in our lives, be purposeful, and be faithful to him. Exalting him before others, whether... It is the mandates that you got to do, whether it's the jab you got to get, he's still going to be faithful to you. You know, someday we're all going to leave this world. What would our obituary say? And what would be written on it? Probably your name, your age, your family, your church, the place of your burial. All will be recorded. When folks look at the obituary, let them see one single word. He was faithful. She was faithful. Don't give up. 
I want to leave you with Psalms 103, 17 and 18. It says, but from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him. And his righteousness with their children's children. This is a huge promise, guys. With those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. From everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children. With those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. So as we, we leave, and we may see some of you, some of you may be visiting family and friends during the month of December. We may not see you maybe until later on in the year or maybe next year. Just want to leave you with a prayer that faithfulness, we know it abounds from our Heavenly Father to us. We need to be faithful to Him. We need to give of ourselves to his word, to keep his biblical commands, his precepts, to honor him, the heavenly father, honor him, keeping the family, the family, the nucleus of the family, keeping the faith, being faithful church members, fellowship with us because we find we find comfort in others so as we leave today remember his faithfulness but dedicate your life yourselves to a time of faithfulness knowing that if any uncertainty comes I've faced it I don't know how much more I could face after facing 18 months but I know he's faithful I am going to be faithful. Whatever comes in 2022. So Father God, as we just saturate ourselves in knowing that you are God, sovereign God. You know our beginning and you know our end. You have established your word in us to do your will. You said you'll never forsake us, you'll never leave us because... Your promises are yes and amen to us. You are a faithful God and will always be a faithful God. Constant. Help us. When we are weak, when we don't understand, when we don't have the ability, when we're in doubt, when we're in sin, bring us back to your faithfulness and give us the strength to be faithful to the end of the age and you have promised to be with us until the end Father God we just commit our lives to you here in the sanctuary online that we are going to live out our days in faithfulness to you no matter what society cultural values norms Social media, they can throw things at us, but they can never take away your DNA that's embedded in us. We were created to serve you for your glory.
Help us to be imitators of you. You are faithful. Help us to be faithful. Give us strength for that. Strength for the journey. Thank you, God, so much for being here today. Pray, God, that your presence will go with us throughout the week. Lift us up. And as we sing this song dedicated to you, we thank you for your faithfulness, your abounding faithfulness and love towards us. Jesus' name.
When we look at God's uh, faithfulness, we need to put ourselves in his presence. And not to keep you here long if you do have to go to lunch or, or, or get somewhere. The altars are open. God, God is looking for a heart today of a dedicated, faithful servant. And we want to open up the altars. If you need to pray, whether it's for healing, whether just to talk, lay it out, we invite you. The altars are open. If you need to leave, go in the peace and love of God and the safety and his protection. And we'll see you, Lord Terry's, next Sunday. Be blessed. But spend time, get soaked if you need to, in God's presence. I love you guys. Have a good day.